0: In the Vegas studio, live. we are live and in person.
1: It's a hundred degrees. 100. Not it, not in here, but outside.
0: At least hundred.
1: At least hundred.
0: At least a 100. 100. 100. 100. Um, what we got today? So I found a little post, a little postio, on the internet. Um, I thought this was an interesting. Conversation And, uh, so I'll just read it. It says, are you really anxiously attached or is their behavior creating anxiety? And I want to kind of talk about mm. this in relate in relationship and just in general, because it was something actually that Jeff and I, at the beginning of our relationship, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you know, that Jill and I both went through infidelity in our marriages and it took a long time before either one of us, um, we're ready for like a relationship and if you listen through all the episodes you'd hear at some point we were talking about being ready for a relationship and i think that we both thought we were ready until getting into one and then there were a lot of challenges that came up you know and for me personally I, i'm not going to speak for jill in this but for me when i started dating jeff he also had gone through infidelity in his marriage and so we both had things come up that was not expected and that never happened before because I had never been cheated on before. And one of those was fear around what the other person was doing, who was in their phone, who they were talking to. And there was a point where I was getting really anxious about Jeff on his phone and I think vice versa. And so we had just basically like gave each other our phones we were like, here, look, look through all my messages, do what you need to do. But then we kind of had this uh, come to Jesus moment for lack of a better word. And we were like, look, you can see my phone at any time, and I would like to be able to ask to see your phone at any time. But the caveat is, you can ask to see the phone, but you need to ask yourself: Is it because you're feeling insecure, or is it because I'm doing something shady that makes you feel like you need to see the phone? And so there's, I think there's a difference, right? Like, and and we also said, look, if if I'm gonna keep asking to see your phone all the time, then I probably am not ready for a relationship because I don't want to punish you for what my ex did to me, and. I don't deserve to be punished for what your ex did to you. And so we really got into this place where we're like, you got to be self-aware enough to know, are you constantly wondering about what's on my phone because I'm being shady and I'm being weird? Or or me personally, am I just being really insecure because I haven't dealt with the trauma and dealt with what it felt like to be betrayed? So that was something I had to work through. And so I liked this because I think sometimes... We might feel like we're the fucking crazy person, or maybe even your partner's like, yo, you're so crazy, you're you're anxiously attached, or you're acting in a certain way, but it's like, are you, or is their behavior kind of causing you to be that way? Not to say it's not your fault, but sometimes, and I think we can know this intuitively without like putting it out, sometimes people are acting in a certain way that you're like, hmm maybe there is a reason I should be checking on your phone. Maybe there is a reason. It's not just me being insecure. It's not just me feeling like I'm not pretty or good enough. It's like, I don't know, you've been acting weird. So I thought it would be a good conversation to help you and maybe just help us talk through this, but even ask yourself some com- some questions like, is it just me or is it you making me be like this? It's
1: so hard because I think I love this topic and I think the hardest part is is knowing mm-hmm. which is what is okay to bring up and when and what's just like normal behavior, you know? So for example, it's funny because we were talking about this off air and it reminded me of the Jonah Hill sort of thing that was happening. So if you guys don't know, Jonah Hill is obviously an actor. And all of these text threads came out because his ex-girlfriend was sharing them. I guess they ended up breaking up. And it's unfortunate because you can tell that Jonah has done a lot of work, and he even put out that um, that documentary on, or that docu-series on Netflix called um, Stutz, yep. and actually, it's funny, because I actually know, I don't know him personally, but that um, that therapist, Stutz, he actually wrote the book called The Tools, which was really helpful to me, like, a decade ago, when I was really struggling with some of my own stuff, And and I loved it, because it was really tactical, it was very much around, like, you know, overcoming fear, and, like, boundaries, and just, like, very, like, good, strategic, tactical ways to handle emotional stuff. And that always resonates more with me than like the manifestation and like kind of some of the woo-woo stuff. But if you read these text threads and like, obviously, you know, you only see one side of it, but it was all of these text threads, basically him kind of asserting his boundaries, but it was like boundaries gone wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was very much like, because his girlfriend is a surfer, professional surfer. And so it was like, I can't have you sharing pictures in a bikini on social media. If you want to hang out with other girls who are single, you know, like beyond a coffee date, I have a problem with it. And it was interesting because it was, it was like him trying to have boundaries. Like, here's my lines in the sand. Yeah. But the problem was that they were so extreme. Right. Literally, you're talking to a professional surfer and you're telling her not to post pictures in a bikini on social ratings. media. Yeah. Right. And when meanwhile, that's how he they even got connected was yeah. because she was posting on social media in a bikini and he's a surfer and whatever. So the... So you can feel, and it was unfortunate because she actually shared in her, like you could see her responses. And a lot of them were just like, I don't feel like I'm smart enough for you. You always talk in circles I can't keep up with. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of like a larger, maybe that can potentially happen, which is kind of scary of this gaslighting that can happen. You know, like she's feeling like she's wrong. When you have someone from the outside just go like, hey man, this is a dude trying to control you. But you can't see it. You can't see it in the moment. You know what I mean. You can't see it as um, when you're in the relationship. All you do is like, I don't want to mess this up, or I don't want to say the wrong thing, or yeah, maybe I am being too anxious, or maybe I am being too needy, or oh, maybe I am projecting from my last relationship. So you start to second guess yourself. You're like, what's okay and what's not, because because easily like questions could easily that are valid could easily turn into more needy questions and more anxiety, you know, based questions. So I think the the filter of like, is it <laughs> is, are they giving you a reason,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, is just a really good filtering system. But what would some of those reasons look like? Well, you know, like, like, can people have friends that are girls? Can a dude have a friend that's a girl? Can, right. you know, can they go to dinner together? You know, cause I look at, I have guy friends that go to dinner together and he's fine with it, but I don't know if I'd be fine with it, you know? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I think, I think it's probably up to the couple to decide what the, what the boundaries are together.
0: It's really tricky when he called them boundaries too, because to me reading the text, it looked like a massively insecure person trying to control yes. what she was doing. Yes. And so, what he was calling But he was using boundaries. it like therapy speak. Yes. He yeah. was like, these
1: are my lines in the sand. If you don't like them, that's totally cool. I yep. wish you the best. Like kind of doing that, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. better than almost. And you could tell because even in her responses, she was very much like, I feel stupid. when you, I feel like you talk, you know, yeah. you're so smart and like, I'm, I feel dumb and I can't keep up. And and meanwhile, you have a third party come in and be like, yo, this dude's a control freak. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this shit ain't true. You know, like this isn't right.
0: Well, I think this is why it's such a great conversation. Cause this is kind of what it's all about. It's like, how do we know who's the quote crazy one here? Right. Who's, yeah. the, who's the one who's right or wrong? Is there right or wrong? And is it an insecurity or is someone being like, are there fears or concerns or quote boundaries uh, valid? And I think, from the outside, you can read it and go, this dude's super insecure. And if he did need boundaries, it would look a little different than this. I think he could say like, Hey, you know, maybe going out with guy friends is one thing, but not posting pictures in a bathing suit on social media. When you're a professional surfer, I'm like, what else will you be wearing in the water then? And, and just some of those things, it's like, this is your insecurity and you're just trying to control me. And so it's very tricky because you can, especially when you like someone, right? And you're in a new relationship or even if you've been with someone a long time, you're starting to go, is this how relationships are? Is that how they're supposed to be? And sometimes jealousy can feel like love, right? Like you go, well, they really, really love me. Mm-hmm. If they didn't love me, they wouldn't be jealous. And so it's kind of confusing. And I, one of the, this post that I found actually, it's from well.guide. And she's got a whole scroll through. And so she has this set of questions. She said, if you feel needy and needy in quotes, because I've, I've actually had this before where I'm like, am I being too much? Am I being needy or like these really valid wants? So she said, if you feel needy, ask yourself, did I communicate my needs clearly? And were they still ignored or disrespected? I like this because we talk so much about communication. And I think one of the tells is knowing if you did communicate something clearly and it's still being taken out of context or it's still being flipped, maybe it's not you, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not you being too much, being too needy, being too insecure. Like it's, it's maybe it's their thing. Another one, um, did they say they would meet their needs and then didn't follow through? Like this could also be like coming back to even trust. It's like, did your partner say something, say they're gonna do something and didn't do it. So now you're questioning yourself and you and it's like well they actually didn't follow through so your intuition or your gut feeling is probably right on this and then do i receive love affection and connection the way i have requested it again it's back to communication if yep. you are communicating clearly needs and maybe you know sometimes i don't think we do communicate clearly so right. it is tricky to know totally. and i think sometimes we have to try again like i took a class on nlp um like five or six years ago and something that always stood out to me was that if someone doesn't understand what you're saying, it's not their fault for misunderstanding. It's your job to communicate so that they do understand. Mm. And so I've always taken a bigger responsibility since that time. I've tried to take a bigger responsibility in my side of communication. So if I'm in an argument with my partner, or we're just going back and forth, and I'm like getting so frustrated because he doesn't understand, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, wait a second, I'm not saying it in a way that he can. So I need to try to reword this or say it in a way that's coming across that I am being like heard and understood. So back to self-awareness, it's if you know you are communicating clearly, it seems like they understand and they're still either ignoring it or I don't know, dismissing it or saying they're going to do something and not following through, then maybe it's not you that's being anxious or untrusting or crazy. Maybe it is they're actually showing you in actions like they're not respecting Well, that's whatever. the
1: thing. In the next slide, she kind of talks about this. And she says, like, um, if you feel like you're always afraid, you'll lose them or it'll end if you ask something. Mm. Why are we so scared to do that? Because to me, you know, the traditional like relationship advice is like, hey, if like I'm scared to bring something to my partner, the coach or the, the relationship coach will be like, well, you need to be able to say it. And then their response tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So I think ultimately, and I actually agree with that uh, verbiage, but I also am like, if you think about the attachment styles, we're talking about like more of an anxious attachment. For people who don't know what we're talking about, there's a book called Attached, which I think is really a great book. And Danny and I have both read it, but it's kind of talks about three different types of attachment styles. And a lot of our pr- kind of predisposed attachment style can come from our earliest relationships with our parents. So, you know, did we have... Uh, parent who left? Did we have a parent who had more of an anxious attachment, who had more of a codependency? So there's three different styles. There's the anxious attachment, which is like, we just, it is a more needy attachment. Like I feel insecure, so I need to constantly be validated. The second type of attachment style is avoidant, which is kind of the opposite. If I'm in an argument or I am in a a heated conversation and I don't like it and I feel like I'm going to shut down, I'm going to walk away, I'm going to leave, I need to cool off, I just, I'm like, I'm going to walk away from the scenario. Now, I think there could be times where walking away from an argument, it it, it can be valid. The problem is oftentimes anxious attachments get into relationships with avoidance because they almost like they kind of attract each other right like a magnet a plus and a minus will attract each other the third style is secure attachment a secure attachment probably i think in the book they say about 50% of couples have a secure attachment which means you know they love each other they want to communicate. They're both in on what are we what are we creating here? And I think if you have a secure attachment style and you bring something up to your partner and they have a secure attachment, they should not feel threatened by your question. They should be able to just hold it down. They should be able to just be clinical and say, look, this is the person I love. And if this person I love is, is feeling insecure for some reason what is it? Like, I don't mind just having the conversation. So I think it's probably a red flag that if you bring something up and your partner like, like has a way bigger emotional response than what your question like really warrants, I think that might be something where you're like, okay, this isn't really about what I'm asking. It's about maybe you are doing something and you feel threatened. So you have to come over the top to shut it down and I don't think that's like definitely you know, always happening, but I would that to me would be a question. If you have, if you're trying to talk to your partner about something, and you are trying to clearly communicate it, they shouldn't feel threatened by that. They should want to set you straight, they should want to reassure you, they should want to be like, hey, but if it keeps coming up, the same exact question, and you do have the patience to sit there and talk through it with them every single time, at some point they're gonna be like, this isn't about what I'm doing, this is about your attachment style, you're anxious for some reason, because every single time I've had this conversation, I've taken the time to explain it to you, we've gotten, and then we always leave in a better place, but then it keeps coming back up, right? And then you're like, okay, yeah, this is a me thing. So I think the question also to ask yourself is, Number one, why am I scared to bring something up? Is Mm. it because of the response I think I might get? Or I'm a big fan of like just letting the chips fall. You know, in a way, I would rather know, right? So it's kind of like just have the experience and give them the opportunity to hold it down for you. Or... Or, or or see what you were going to potentially see, which is they can't really hold it down for you. You know I mean? I think a lot of people don't want to know, so they just don't say it. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, if it's going to be, like, if we're not going to be together, this can't work. Let's get to that answer as soon as possible. But I think for a lot of people, they'd rather just stay in the relationship because it's not as bad. What's that book that's like, it's too good to leave, but too bad to stay or something? Ooh, yeah, I think that. It. Yeah, it's like this, it's too bad to stay, too good to leave. And I think a lot of people end up in that place where they're like, okay, I can manage my own anxiety myself because I know if I bring it up, he's going to, or she's going to, you know, do have a crazy response. I'd just rather walk on eggshells or not ruffle feathers or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're asking for reassurance on something that is normal and fine to ask, then the person shouldn't blow up. Their response should be to want to reassure you if they love you.
0: Well, I like that you also brought up, if you keep bringing it up and they've been patient, then it maybe is a you problem. Because it's like, when do you know when it is? If nothing's happened,
1: right? If nothing's changed in their behavior yeah. and you're starting to, and and so I love that you asked that question earlier about like, is there, are they really doing something or Mm -hmm. is it just you? Mm
0: -hmm. It's hard to know. It's like, is this a me problem or is this a them problem? And sometimes it could be both, right? And I think they're, when it comes to anxious avoidant attachment styles, sometimes that could be a big clash. And you have to really look at, and this might be where you go, okay, this is why we need therapy because <laughs> you know, these things keep happening and these, these issues keep coming up. Because I can see this happening where This questioning turns into suddenly, maybe it it leads into something else that has nothing to do with the original question. But suddenly, any question you ask, now they're getting defensive and annoyed. Because they're like, you always ask me about this. Now I don't even want to talk to you. And they become more avoidant, and you become more anxious. So it can lead to more and more problems and more insecurity. Because the more an avoidant gets avoidant, the more anxious Get, gets anxious, anxious and it's yes. like a feed
1: forward cycle. Right. Yes. And that like the avoidant. And I do think that it also depends on who you're with too. Mm-hmm. Like if you can break that cycle, yeah. if you're always an anxious attachment and then you have like a different type of partner, like that happened for me. I was definitely more anxious in my, my marriage. Yeah. I'm definitely more avoidant or secure in this relationship, yeah. but I think you have to start looking at that stuff. It's funny. Cause I remember this time when um, I was married to my ex-husband and he normally never set his alarm i think i've told you the story before but he never set his alarm and this is before i found out about the affair but the affair had already happened so it was that time where i hadn't i didn't know about it yet and never set his alarm and then one day he said it and it was for like six thirty or like 6 a.m or something and it went off and i go i go um you know oh did you have to go somewhere like, why'd you set your alarm? Yeah. And just the question of me asking a very benign, right, question, like, why did you set your alarm? You yeah. ne- like, you never do. He just literally goes, what, you think of fucking someone? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Meanwhile, he was. Right, right, But, like, the response was, like, over the top. Right. So, so, yeah, like, if you're asking, like, a benign question yeah. and you get this, like, massive response, and I was like, who are you talking to right now? Like what?
0: Like that was that not was even on my totally, mind. That was a
1: totally like understandable question, yeah. you know? So, but I think for some reason, especially cause like, I feel like the sort of the societal storyline is, you know, women are needy, they're negs, they're always asking questions, right? It's like, why do you have to ask so many questions? It's like, it's literally, if you just, dude, it's like, it's just a regular question. Why did you set your alarm? You yeah. never do, that's a normal question to ask. It's okay to ask your partner, what are your plans for today? What are you doing? I think for a lot of men specifically, and I think this is generalization, but for men, when you ask them what they're doing, just that question yeah. gets them to be like, you're checking up on me. Yeah. Like I'm not doing anything. And you're like, no, but it's literally just, if you look at the actual question, and that was jade and i had that that issue and, and later on it came out and was just like yeah what's the big deal but come to find out he felt like i was checking up on him when i was literally like what are you doing today you should be able to ask your partner what are you doing today yeah. <laughs> without them thinking that you're insinuating that they're doing something
0: and I think, I think that also comes from their past condition, totally right like they could that reaction of course he was doing it but also <laughs> could have been from let's just say let's just say flipped and maybe his ex always accused him of doing stuff totally. and so i think she did yeah he, yeah his his response was like my ex used to do this i know i've had these responses where i'd get asked these questions and it was like triggers for my mom like my mom used to always accuse me of doing things so and i'm like what you're doing it too and so i think we have to it's just comes down to all so much self-awareness and go where is this coming from that's funny it was almost like it <laughs> Confession.
1: <laughs> it was, but I've, it was so over the top that right. I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. I was like, like, "Oh, I guess you aren't having an affair because you just <laughs> right. literally." Like, Why would you? <laughs> you felt so threatened by that question, but for whatever reason, we do. You know, we do sometimes feel scared to ask. Mm-hmm. And so she said in this slide, she said, "If you feel like you're always afraid you'll lose them or they'll end it, ask yourself: Do they make me feel safe through emotional intimacy, consistent communication, and validation?" Are they often overstepping familiarity with others? Uh, For example, flirting, when I've shared that I don't appreciate that. Do they randomly talk about breaking up even as a joke? Mm. I'm like, maybe I, I think I might actually be guilty of the last one. Um, (laughs) But the flirting thing I think is really interesting because I've thought about this and Keith and I have talked about this. You know, we've talked about, you know, having friends that are women and I've had friends that are men and and things like that. I think for me, the line would be is I need to know the person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I need to be friends with them also. And I think when you have that, then it's like, yeah, of course. Like, I, w- I know that you want friends that are women and I want friends that are guys. And so long as we all know each other, then what's the big deal, yeah. you know? And I think I would be fine with that. But yeah, it's, I mean, but I also, I think all this comes down to as a couple, you just have to decide yourself yeah. what's, wh- where the lines are and where the boundaries are.
0: I was reading this one, she said, if you feel lonely and don't want to be alone without your partner, ask yourself, do we actually spend meaningful quality time with each other with our full presence and attention? Do they often bail on me without warning or change or cancel plans? Or do the facts of your relationship show that I'm a priority for them? And I'm laughing because I swear there's been time when I'm on my period. I'm like, we never spend any time together. (laughs) We don't do it, any- And then if I'm reading these questions, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like he's fine. These are all... They all check out. So I guess another part to ask is, are you about to start your period? <laughs> if you're feeling needy or anxiously attached, uh, look at your period app. And if you're seven to 10 days out, maybe you need to reevaluate that. <laughs> And I'm speaking... At myself to myself right now. <laughs> you
1: know it's hard because we've talked about this before, but you you know you definitely notice patterns of insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know when you're PMSing. And it's hard to turn them off because yeah. they're, they're real, you know, they're real feelings, but I will always, I'll always share what I'm feeling. Like I'll always share my insecurity, but then I'll always caveat by saying, also I'm about to get my period in a couple of days. So, so I do share it. Like, yeah. I'm not like, I don't like push it down. I'm like, Hey, this is something cause I can't not share it. It's part of like how I'm feeling. Uh, but I also caveat it with like, you know, but I, I'm going to get my period in a couple of days too. So it's probably some of that too. I'm just feeling extra sensitive is mm-hmm. usually what I say. I'm feeling yeah. extra sensitive. Yeah.
0: I like that. I'm like, am I feeling this because they're doing something or am I feeling this because my hormones (laughs) (laughs) or is it all real? These, I just really like these and I, I think it's just really important because especially let's just go back to the period things often when I haven't been aware of my hormones, um, it's been very real to me. It felt real. Things really felt like my partner was not showing up in the ways I needed or, you know, didn't like, you don't love me anymore. This drama. And then, of course, a few days later, I'm like, oh, that really, I, that's not how I really feel. But I felt really real in the moment. You totally. Know? And so I think it is important to just be aware of like consistency in words and actions, big picture, those kind of things. And also not making statements like you always do this, you never do this, that kind of thing that can really damage a relationship. And also noticing maybe they do always do something and never do something. It's like is this real, is are the, is there congruency in actions and mm-hmm. words? And then you have a little better understanding of like, are you being too needy, quote, too needy, wanting too much? Or is there something going on that maybe you need to know? And I think this is actually a great conversation because I feel like probably a lot of people have come to you and me asking, were there signs of the mm. affair? Like, could you tell? Was oh, there yeah. anything? And so these are some of the things that's like, maybe they would have been signs. Maybe they could be, maybe not. But they are things to just recognize in yourself. Maybe if you are feeling a certain way, is it you or is it them? Because looking back for me, there were some things that he was definitely acting in. This way. But I you were also was- in a
1: trusting relationship. And yeah. you don't, if you're in a trusting relationship and you're in a good relationship, you never want to be like, that was a sign. Like, I know for me, you never want to go through your relationship constantly looking for signs of, you know, distrust or signs of like cheating or whatever, you know? So while they're looking in retrospect, there probably were signs like, you know, you weren't looking for that stuff. You were enjoying what you thought was a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think That's we can like one. personal develop ourselves into a corner? Like, do you think we can take too much responsibility? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I definitely fall into that camp where I'm just yeah. like, this is my stuff. Like, I'm constantly calling bullshit on my myself. So yeah. I'm. I think I could probably not see signs because I tend to blame myself before I blame someone else. Mm-hmm. So I think I could definitely be that person where I'm just like, I'm being needy. You know, I'm going to handle this myself. I'm being insecure. Like, you know, maybe I'll call Danny and vent. Like, yeah. I could definitely see a lot of women, especially who listen to this podcast because you know if you listen to this podcast on some level you have done some self-work and some self-awareness stuff so I think it's easy to default sometimes to taking it all on
0: yeah I agree I could definitely be that way <laughs> first and
1: you develop yourself into a corner yeah you can <laughs>
0: you can that's why I think this conversation is great to have and it it's always so nuanced and obviously with two people you can't read anyone's mind you don't really know what's ever going on and And then this always comes back to the list. And we have almost every episode is you got to trust yourself to figure it out and to handle it. And ultimately you can and you will figure it out. Um, But it's just another tool in self-awareness and just some questions to ask yourself about your relationship and if you're feeling away. Um, Yeah, if you want to find this post, I don't know how far down it's, I had it saved, but it is, what did I say it is? Well.timed? No, my screen just closed. Well.guide. Sorry. Well dot guide. She has 161,000 followers. I think she's a therapist
1: and definitely check out the book attached too. You can listen to it. Um, it will just give you insight around like maybe your own patterns and things like that. And, you know, just kind of looking at, I think most people tend to be more secure and then at some point, maybe they get into the relationship with someone who's more of an avoidant attachment and then they become anxious. I know for me, especially, I was mostly secure in my marriage, but towards the end, I was definitely more anxious, which ended up, you know, pushing him further away and becoming more avoidant. So I think so much of this comes down to just knowing yourself, which is why, you know, obviously you guys are listening to this podcast and why we always default to just know yourself as well as you possibly can and do the things to bring your best self to your relationship, you know, and, and we're not always going to be our best selves all the time, 24 seven, but being able to ask the questions and check yourself before just blaming your partner or being like overly suspicious when really, if you actually looked at their actions, they're representing what they, what they say. Amen. That's a good one.
0: Good one, good one. All right, y'all. Well, hope you like this. If you did like it, uh, screenshot the episode you were listening to. Share it and tag us on Instagram at the best life podcast. And we will reshare. We always love to talk to you in the DMs too. So if you ever want to message us, say what's up and we'll say hi back. We hope you have a good one and we'll see you on the next episode. All right, guys. Bye.